Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. I'm Justin Poole and joining me, John Duke and the Celtics. They've won three games since we were last here, John, so they keep this NBA leading record going. They haven't lost a game since they played Detroit. They've got Detroit on the docket for this coming weekend, a little rematch there. So that'll be exciting to watch now that Andre Drummond can hit free throws, apparently. Although my dad said, I'm not really all that impressed with 60% anyway, but <laughs> good old dad head. Good old dad head. It's been a while since we talked about the dad head, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this though. Your biggest gripe over the last several weeks has been, I'm worried about the offense. And even on the last show, we talked about ways that they could enhance that offense and putting Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. And that was a big point of debate and conversation for us. And I'll tell you, by the reading the posts on Celtics blog and on YouTube, I don't think that that was a very popular opinion. But... I do like his playmaking, and uh, yeah, I know, he had two games in a row leading up to our last show where he was really hitting on all cylinders offensively, but since then, the Celtics have been hitting all cylinders offensively, even though the defense takes a bit of a dip, and last night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks notwithstanding. Huge defensive letdown in the third quarter after uh, leading by, I think it was 19, at one point in the second quarter. Yeah, they really kind of backslid there in the second half, and and I thought that it was probably more of a matter of time. Giannis kind of finally got things going for himself. Uh, another tremendous performance by Giannis Antetokounmpo on Greek Heritage Night at the uh, TD Garden. So, you know, I guess that was him uh, supporting his his heritage of sorts. Um, So good for him and John Corrales, the two biggest Greeks I know, I guess. Um, But no, I think... Hold on, hold on. Do you actually know John Corrales? Have you actually met John Corrales? I have met John Corrales. In person. John Corrales. Okay, I know you've talked to him in person. It's the internet. For Christ's sakes, Justin, you and I didn't meet Hold for on a year after doing this show. I know, I know. But in my long extended absence, yeah. you and John yeah. Corrales did the show. You're telling me you couldn't get Mike Gorman to get you guys tickets to a game just one time so you could meet in person? Oh, oh. 
Oh, is that what this is? Is this, is this like the jilted ex-girlfriend situation? Is this what, oh, come I'm on. just saying, come you know, on. I've been harboring these feelings for a while. <laughs> there was, yes, there was a time when, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, you had to go there, right? Oh, jeez. Um, anyway. <laughs> John Corrales, one of the biggest Greeks you know. I'll get you back on. He is. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Every time we play Milwaukee, it seems like it's a special night, though. Remember? Last time they were in, uh, I can't remember the stadium now, but old school. Well, they have the season opener. The season opener for the Celtics at home. Well, I guess it would be the home opener. Home opener. And then then they play at the Mecca. uh, The Mecca. Thank you. I was at a loss for words. Trash building. Larry didn't like it, so I don't either. And then, you know, here they are tonight, and Greek Heritage Night at the Garden. And, you know, look, Milwaukee is an up-and-coming team. Everyone's looking at Giannis as, as really this, not only as an MVP candidate, but as, I think, somebody who who is going to be in their upper echelon as, as a player, or one of these unicorn players. If but, healthy, he really could healthy, go into the Hall of sure. Fame. There's no doubt. Just his, his skills his and his coach. ability at this young age. Yeah, it, the only thing that's going to stop him is his own coach, and I think that we saw once again tonight. Jason Kidd is just not up for being the coach of this team. Uh, that guy, great player, uh, but his ego knows no bounds, and I and apparently it doesn't understand when it shouldn't be managing the the, the personnel of the franchise. That let okay, let you know what? Let's do it right now. We talk about Greek heritage. I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis Antetokounmpo, when this deal is done, this amazing deal that he signed with the Milwaukee Bucks here this past, uh, actually two summers ago, but extension kicks in this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't finish that contract in Milwaukee and asks out for a trade. He has got a bad situation there, and I know everyone. This is everything seems positive, everything's moving in the right direction, but bad can turn good can turn to bad pretty quickly. I think in Milwaukee. Look, I don't think he's got a great coach. I think the situation around him could deteriorate pretty quickly. Um, you know, they're a good team. They're, you know, they're certainly competitive. You know, they're seven seed, 12 and 10. But I don't feel like that that, that franchise, you get John Hammond running to head down to Orlando. You've got, you know, Jason Kidd doing Machiavellian, you know, t- tactics behind the scenes. They can't find the, the assistant GM to elevate him to GM. It's a complete, you know what show going on over there? And so, if I'm Giannis... They really are only 12 and 10 around. after Hell the no. loss, too. You know what I mean? So, it's not... Yeah. Uh, Mike Gorman said the streaking Milwaukee Bucks. And, yes, um, they've been good, but are they really that much better than last year, especially with the way they finished the season? I'm not so sure. I think the bigger surprise is the first team we played since you and I last uh, had our show, which was... The Philadelphia 76ers, I mean, I get the talent is all there, but that's a big uptick for one season, the way that they've played. And, yeah, Embiid, obviously another kind of like Giannis Antetokounmpo. But we also saw Devin Booker this week, who had 70 points in Boston last year, and the fans treated him very nicely. But there's a lot of young up-and-coming players of those last three teams. But I think the thing that's most surprising is that Philadelphia is probably the team that – right now uh, is the fastest rising, way faster than Milwaukee. Yeah, well, and, and just to, to that point, so Milwaukee's 4-7 and seven in the conference. 
Um, they are, they are, that puts them, uh, actually 50, well, actually 13th out of the 15 teams in their record in the conference. Uh, the only teams behind them are Atlanta and Chicago. That's not great. Um, so, you know, well, you could, I guess, for the five and nine from Orlando and Charlotte are, they're kind of in the same boat, but either way, they're not playing well within the conference. The teams that they have to beat to get, you know, higher up the, into the division race. They can't keep going like this. And they, you know, they made a big deal. They swung for the fence of sorts to get Eric Bledsoe. I think that's a good fit for them, but I just think that's a really unsettled situation there. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. We're all talking about Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is the guy, but it could be it's a couple of years later. And it's actually, it's Giannis that the Celtics are actually trying to be shooting for in terms of that big star free agent or big star talent that they're trying to acquire via trade. I don't know that it happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the big guy that moves uh, because it's a, it's really a mess over there. And, and I'm not, not impressed with the, the Milwaukee Bucks. No, me neither. Not at all. And, and, uh, as fast as Philadelphia has risen and Milwaukee is kind of in the, it is the Jason kid factor. So you got to think that they're going to make a coaching change before they start trading players. I mean, you just, especially if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, a player like Giannis isn't just going to come around all that often. And I also though would come back to you and say, are you giving up? And I, I think most people would say yes, but to get somebody like Giannis, you've got to give up this first-round pick that's coming up this year or next, Jalen Brown, and possibly Jason Tatum as well. I mean, is that maybe a little too much to ask when you look at this roster that's 20-4? and I don't want to get into trade talk too much, but when you say targeting a a big-name player, I do understand just how incredible this roster could be with Ante DeCampo. But I also take a look at, the youth and boy, they're fun to watch. Boy, they're fun to love. And, and Jason Tatum is really a pro. Will he be Giannis? I don't know. Maybe not, but will he really be far enough off that you're going to wind up gambling all that depth and all those chips and putting it to the middle of the table if an opportunity did arise? Well, I think it's a complicated question in part. And I also think that there may be more chips on the table than maybe we're even you know, giving credit for. Yeah, I would think the first person they're going to call for is Jason Tatum. And I think that's the first person the Celtics are going to want to take off the table, of course. But I look at right now at the standings, and you look at, at where the Western Conference is right now. Memphis is uh, third is the third worst team in the West. You know, the Lakers are the fourth worst team in the West. Uh, the Clippers are the sixth worst team in the West. You know, so you start lining these up and you look at where the Celtics, oh, and then Sacramento is, is next to last in the West. You start lining all those up and hey, you start going through, oh yeah, the Celtics have the, the, maybe the Kings pick or the Lakers pick. They have a Memphis pick the year after. They've got the Clippers pick. I mean, you look at these picks out there it's like it never ends you know and so you've got to think that Ainge is going to be looking at maybe those assets to unload rather than probably trying to move guys on the roster I think 
he's going to look at contract situations. Marcus well, that's Smart, the biggest issue I would but, think is contract but, situation. How do you yeah. how do you make the numbers work, especially when it comes time to re-sign? And and I suppose even with these young players, that it ultimately, if they become incredible players, you're going to run into the same scenario and the same issue, the same issue that saw Avery Bradley get traded. And we we definitely need to talk about Marcus Morris because he had a nice week, and also Al Horford, who is an assist machine, and the offense tends to run through him short term. Even though all the players on the team would be young except for Horford, I almost feel like if you're going to make a play like that, you've got to move another large salary. So really what you'd do is you'd move somebody like Horford because that makes the numbers work short-term and long-term. And that also is really hard to fathom when you look at, you know, maybe they keep the young players, like you said, they move some of those future picks, but they still got to put a salary in there. They still have to look at their ability to re-sign people. And I think it's almost like the only deal that would really work out. I mean, I think he signed a what a four. Talking about Giannis, a four-year, one hundred million dollar yeah. extension. So you almost have to look at it and say, okay, it's Horford that's got to go, so they can stay young and talented versus trading more youth away. And because those players are on rookie contracts, they still don't make the numbers work. So either completely deplete the roster, or you trade a a, a bigger salary like Al Horford, but. Boy, he really is so much a big part of this recent Celtics run at, to start this season. I mean, it's just incredible what he's doing to facilitate. And I know we can throw a lot Kyrie Irving's way, and definitely Tatum deserves credit for filling in for Hayward and more than overachieving in that filling in. But I suppose you'd have to look at Giannis as going to the four and taking the place of Al Horford, and that's really the only way something like that happens. Yeah, I, well, you know, and I think that there's, you're right. That's that's the one position, the Al Horford, the guy behind Al Horford that the Celtics right now don't have um, on the roster. I, you know, even if you, in an ideal world, you know, think Yabu maybe becomes something special. I suppose he could be that lineup of death guy, but I don't know that he, even in, in our wildest dreams, can can become that type of player, that, that kind of facilitator, you know, jack of all trades, master of all of them. Uh, I don't know that that's, that's who Yabu ends up becoming. I think he becomes more of a scoring, um, bruising guy, but his, Al Horford's kind of next, you know, next level feel and those types of things. I don't see anybody who's that type of facilitator on the roster. Um, nor do they have anybody who's even of that size, who's kind of long and lean and can kind of be a shot blocker of sorts. So that's why I think that they're they're looking in that direction, looking for somebody to fill that gap, uh, probably with the pick if they get it with with the Lakers pick, you know, and whether it's Robert Williams or Wrighton or or any of these guys, maybe even Bagley if they had were so lucky. Um, that's where they're going to be. Their attention is going to be. It's definitely in the bigs position, and, and that's not to say that Tice hasn't given them what they want or Baines hasn't given them what they want, but they just don't have a lot of young size. They got all the guards. They've got wings now. Now they got to look at the bigs position, and you know that's why I think everyone looks at Anthony Davis as the natural fit here. And I think uh, yeah, over Giannis. Uh huh. Well, maybe, but it is two different styles of play 
there's no doubt. But spreading the floor, long, length, athletic, switchable, he's definitely in that mold. But they're 21-4, and four, maybe a little premature to be talking about trade talk in general. But why mess with a good thing? And I get the long-term, long-range view on all of that, and again, getting younger. But right now, I think at this point, knowing Hayward's coming back next season, it's hard to look at this roster and say, they might not compete to go to the finals this year without Hayward. What's that look like next year? And Horford definitely is at the center position right now if Hayward's healthy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're, I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see him probably at the, at the center position either. I think that that's wait. Horford, I think Hayward. You don't? Oh no, I thought you said Hayward. Hayward no, no. If Hayward's healthy, Horford's playing center, and you still have Brown and Tatum in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's a question. Probably Marcus is the guy that maybe gets pushed out in those situations, or or Brown. I think I think Tatum has solidified himself as as first of all leading the league in three point shooting, <laughs> which is an at almost fifty percent. It's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those are open, and I think even at the halftime interview with Abby in the uh in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks he even said hey look I'm just playing off of those guys they're drawing attention I've got a lot of wide open looks and that is true put him on a struggling roster and I still think he's good this season but he's certainly not shooting 50% from beyond the arc no there's no way that's going to happen and and that's and then, but you know, he takes the opportunities he's given. And, you know, again, tonight he's four for four, uh, doesn't make a miss. It <laughs> doesn't have a miss until the end of the first half. Uh, and even then on a four shot. Exactly. You can't even count that yeah. one. That was, that was a Marcus Smart special. <laughs> That's right. True. All right. Real quick, yeah. real quick. Follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin John is at CSL underscore Duke, the entire CLNS Media Network, at CLNS Media, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And finally, the YouTube channel. That's right. you got the Celtics Roundtable, the Garden Report. You can find it all in high definition at youtube.com slash CLNS Media. So, John, let let I... Sometimes this turns in, a lot of these shows, turn into a complete love fest for Tatum. And, it, and it's hard not to. It's definitely hard not to. But really what I want to focus on from the past week, as we talked about before, the offense is finally kind of getting off the ground. It's the way that they spread this ball around. I know Kyrie Irving winds up getting the most points, but he is not hogging it. If you remember how this team finished games last year, it was just a whole lot of Isaiah Thomas. And once teams figure that out in the postseason, it's rough. But this team is still moving the ball. Jalen Brown got a dunk towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, even was brave enough to take a three-pointer. It was a pretty open look. Everybody gets a shot. And that's really where the love for Jason Tatum comes from on my end. Yes, those are open looks, but a lot of rookies still don't make those open looks. You know, it's almost like too much time, too much time to think, and then it doesn't drop. And especially in crunch time, he's a contributor. He's kicking in, too. We know what Marcus Smart does when the game is on the line. Al Horford, a number of just nice little bunny hooks and plays around the rim. Um, got a slam dunk assist on an alley-oop from Marcus Smart. 
and those types of plays, the ball is moving around. And even when those weren't being converted and this team's offense was sputtering a little bit, they still were moving the ball to lots of different players to close out games. I think that's what's really been a big difference in the way that they started out this season with such a fantastic record is even at the end of the games, they're not predictable. That offense is not predictable. And Kyrie Irving, when he does get off some of those shots, they're in what I would consider to be a more predictable offense, mostly because the ball's in his hands. And then he gets so creative, he still makes a play, which collapses the D, and then they can move it around. It's really much more versatile what they're throwing in the final two to five minutes of every game that they're putting a win on the in the column. Oh yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, this is the compare, you know, say last year's team to this year's team, you know, and the way that they are generating offense. I mean, they just have so many more weapons. And I think Al Horford is, is, is much more of a threat, um, in every sense of the word, whether it's with the ball in his hands or, or on, you know, rolling off of, uh, you know, a pick with, um, you know, a nice little one, two play with, with he and smart. Um, you know, isolate. Kyrie Remember the, the hate edge. last year. Remember the hate for this man last year. Oh, the stupidity you mean last it year? It was yeah. totally <laughs> stupid, absolutely. But it. oh my god, the contract! Blah, 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 blah. Now he gets oh. eleven assists. The first player Average to do now. it since it Bill Russell too. did hear it this year. So yeah. I just. I guess we can even talk about that a little bit and just say, where is the negativity coming from? That's four losses on the season with an injury to the biggest free agent you've signed in three decades at least. Ever. And, and really ever. And, and yet, where's the negativity? I mean, I understand you can pick things apart and whatnot, but I almost feel like sometimes they're, they run so smoothly. That when things don't go well, it's even more glaring. But things not going well, even when they were putting wins on the board last year, was still kind of ugly along the way. And it's so smooth this year. And I love watching them lock down on defense, even if we haven't seen it in about eight or nine days. Oh, it's, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, I think that they are, um, they're just, I'd like to see them get back to where they were defensively. I, I think they, they're doing it for stretches, but not as consistently as they were early on. I'm not sure that they're going to be good enough uh, to beat teams like, you know, Golden State or, or, or even Houston or some of these teams that can really score the ball, maybe even Cleveland, if they don't have a consistent effort on the defensive end. Uh, you know, I think that we saw what they did defensively against Golden State, and they've slipped quite a bit since then. Now, maybe they don't need to play at that level throughout the season. I don't know if their talent is so much far further above the rest of the Eastern Conference that they can muddle through. Um, I think that they needed to find a higher gear offensively. And we talked, obviously we talked about that. We talked about what smart needed to do to become a much more effective piece of that. And, and in the, in the biggest lineups, he's, I think doing a much better job of taking advantage of those situations. But I, I think that defensively is where now they need to slide back and try to find, find something close to what they were doing before. And maybe that's unreasonable. I mean, they were playing. At I don't know. I got a level. theory. I got a theory. They got to do something. Here's my theory. So 
all we talked about was how nice it was this year that there weren't going to be as many back-to-backs and the schedule wasn't going to be as crammed together. However, to start out the season, the Celtics played the most game, second most games, I think, of any team in the NBA. That it was a rigorous schedule, and despite suffering some injuries, they still overcame those and put wins on the books, and that was fantastic. I almost wonder if that defense was a little bit more on a string because they were playing more frequently. Look at some of the gaps in between games over the last week. Even since you and I last spoke, I think they had like three nights off in a row at one point. Sometimes I wonder, especially with a young team, and think about the contributions they're getting with a young team like that, they're destined to fall off a little bit just because it's not night in and night out. It's almost like they lose their rhythm. And defense is all about effort and communication. You could definitely see how that might happen, not to mention one added piece. Because of those nights off, Brad's had a chance to do practices, which he commented on in a numerous amount of articles over the past week. Hey, we get to practice. Woo! And I wonder if he's trying to add in wrinkles so that they get stronger throughout the season. But by doing so, the defense gets a little more complicated. They have to learn new things. And they're not so much on instinct anymore. And maybe they are thinking it through. And when you do... That sometimes takes a little bit of that first step away from you because it's a little bit more mind and a little less muscle memory. And when that happens, you know, it's kind of like in that Al Pacino any given Sunday. Yeah, one, one second too fast and you're not quite there. One second too slow and you're not quite there. And I think that might be a little element there is that they're, they're maybe trying to complicate, not complicate things in an unnecessary way but maybe make things a little more advanced, a little bit more complicated on the defense, knowing that some of these younger players are going to have to learn new wrinkles, to your point, to beat some of the best in the East when it does become playoff time, and they've given themselves a nice cushion to play with. They have plenty of room to breathe if they were to do that. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I, I think – it could be that that's that's where it is that they're they're spending some time they're adding things in. You know, you certainly would imagine that once Hayward went down, they simplified the offense, they simplified the defense, they tried to make it much more accessible for somebody like Jason Tatum and, and even Jalen Brown to pick up. Uh, you know, Shemi Ojale, <laughs> Daniel Tice. I mean, so many new players. It could be they're kind of rolling things in and. Again, used to things. There was a lot of injuries, certainly in the interim period, and you know we had people in and out, and and there's a, you know there's there's that aspect to it. Now everyone's healthy, and how do you find that kind of new balance amongst yourselves? I think that they, I think you're right. I think that there is something to that practice time. You know, I thought that they got tired, honestly, as as that kind of string was running down, as they were kind of getting towards that Dallas game a week ago, and. It seemed like they needed a break mentally, physically. They needed some time. The other thing that we haven't really talked a lot about since, you know, probably since the early goings of the preseason is that the Celtics have one of the more aggressive schedules here up till the first of the year. I mean, they're going to play 40 games before January 1st. Um, a lot of that due to the fact that they're going to, um, you know, at London to play uh, Philly uh, in the middle of the month. So they're going to have a long stretch in and around that that game. And it makes me wonder if maybe they're just, in part, they're they're tired and they're just continuing to be 
um, you know, kind of worn down by the season. And, and once they get a little bit more of a normal break that they will have on the other side of that, uh, that trip to London, it may be that they are able to maybe have a little bit more consistency in all aspects. We'll see. And also we know Brad likes to tinker in the first half of the season. So there could be more tinker, tinkering. I think we've seen a lot more of, you know, guys like Shemi or, or, or even Nader, um, than I, I would have expected. Um, even, you know, I remember when I was talking about this. I'm like, well, you know, they're going <laughs> to, you know, you were, we were talking about how, how deep they're going to go. And even I never would have thought that they would have had to go as deep as they have. Some of that's due to, to Hayward's injury, but I think a lot of it's just, you know, experiment. <laughs> well, we, and we didn't think they were going to be that successful going that deep either. You know, another yeah. thing, an, another thing that it could be is, is just standard complacency from success. You know, people tend to, to, tail off a little bit when they've had uh, a good amount of success. It almost seems like it's coming easily and you can fall out of that effort factor. I mean, I'm, I'm, that it probably is a myriad of a number of those factors that we just described. Real quick, though, listen up, Hoops fans. Basketball season is back, and now that your favorite hardwood heroes have returned to action, it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night. Huge. Playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part, you get to draft a new team each day, and drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy. The only thing better, winning cash doing it. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a $3 entry into a 1000 bucks. That's huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. Use the code CLNS at DraftKings.com free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. Don't wait. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup and you can seriously cash in. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 minimum five deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See Draft kings.com for more details john i got all tripped up there right at the end eligibility jeez it's look eligibility is a tough thing especially if you're leangelo ball (laughs) (laughs) whoops boom that's the end of the show everybody thanks for listening (laughs) pow you know really that's that's something you end on that's not something you throw in in the middle of the show. That's a drop the mic moment. We just Sorry. shut it down. Sorry. Sorry. We it's going to be an abbreviated show this week. we got to end on a Shoot. good thing. I know. I know. Sorry about that. I'll do better next time. That was great. How come we haven't talked about that, though? Jeez, what a colossal nightmare that is. Yeah, it's so terrible. It's happened to, you know, when the Lakers are involved in it. It's just such a likable family. And, yeah, yeah. Just really, really, your heart goes out to, look, I think Lonzo is kind of a, I think he's a humble guy. I think he's actually, he's probably, he just, he's got a bad rep because everyone's just sick of hearing his dad talk, you know, but I think, I think that honestly the Lonzo stuff's overblown, but it's everyone around Lonzo that makes Lonzo, you know, somebody you don't want to listen and talk about, you know, I mean, his, the hype is up here on him 
And it's it's unfortunate because I think the I think the kid's got potential. I mean, look, he's a rookie. I mean, if if their rookie's putting up his numbers any other year, I mean, they'd be they'd be running away with the rookie of the year. But you've got Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum and uh, you know, all these guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Mark Fultz is throwing him right up there, dude. Uh whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for that kid too. I do. I feel bad for think, Philly because they're actually got a pretty oh, good run on it. They have no depth, right? They have no depth. So if just having Markel able to come off the bench even would be such a lift for them that way. Maybe, maybe they should have just sat him to go from jump instead of trying to run him out there. I think I, that's why I put it on them. I think they should, they screwed up the whole situation, you know, trying to, I mean, once you see your guy shooting the way he was shooting, pull him from that game, pull him from practice. Yeah, there was no YouTube clips that looked like that from pre-NBA days. No, no, no. He was, I mean, that guy was, he was tough, you know, and and he's going to be tough. He's going to be a good player. Is he going to be the best player? Is he going to be better than Tatum? We'll see, you know. Could he be better than Lonzo? Maybe, you know, Dennis Smith. Frankie Smokes, uh, you know, Lori Markkinen. I mean, there's so many great players, well, really good players with the potential to be great players from this draft. I mean, I think we're going to look back at this as a, as a 96 draft, you know, where you had Ray Allen and Antoine and Iverson and just, and Kobe. I mean, you just had stars upon stars, you know, littered throughout that lottery. And I think the same is going to be true with this draft. And so, you know, does it mean that, uh, you know, Fultz is a bust if he's not, you know, a, a top 10 player within two, two or three years? No, he, he could still be a really good player, you know, uh, a couple time all star. There's nothing wrong with that, but will he get to those, those heights of a number one, you know, that Iverson did as the 96 draft? I mean, look, Iverson had a, you know, for the first probably five, six years of his career, he had a better career going than Kobe did. How did that turn out? You know, I mean, I think Kobe eclipsed him and everyone else by a long shot in that draft. And that's, but he was a great pick, you know, same with, you know, Antoine was a good pick, you know? So it's one of those things. It's an embarrassment of riches and, um, you know, you hope it works out for a guy like Fultz. Um, and, you know, and honestly, I hope it works out. For, I do too. Even, I'm not for, picking on him in a negative way other than to say. I know you're not. Well, talk about dodging a bullet, right? I mean, the foregone number one, and then you pick up an extra pick, and just the genius yeah. of Danny, and even Brad Stevens being the coach, like it just the way that Danny has maneuvered this roster for all of the, you want to talk about negativity that Al Horford received last year. Danny Ainge's early tenure was just marred with criticism while he traded away players and moved pieces around and tried to collect assets. And he's got more assets this time around than he ever had when he first took over the Celtics. But then look what he did in the coaching. It's just made so many genius moves, and they're atop of the entire NBA right now. Again, even with a major injury, it's really phenomenal. Now, listen – I know you've got a rant you want to get to, so I think before we get to that, because we'll, we'll have to close out the show and undoubtedly we'll run out of time, let's just take a look at the week ahead and make our picks. Because we waited until Tuesday to release the show, we squeezed in uh, an extra game of what would have been only a two-game week, but we squeeze in the Milwaukee Bucks into we this week's show. We both would have picked win. We yeah, both oh, definitely. Absolutely we would have. Uh, but... <laughs> 
So we have the, yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, who almost stole one from them. That's coming up on, I believe, Wednesday. And then we have the Spurs on Friday. And then we have Detroit on Sunday. And we owe Detroit some payback. And the Spurs probably have a little chip on their shoulder from the Celtics' win earlier in the year. So is there a loss this is on a- the docket this week? <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a tough week. I mean, this is, you know, if you were to draw up a week of, of what are games that John is going to have a hard time picking the Celtics for, this would be pretty close to it. I mean, what are you talking about? You always go three and oh or four and oh. There's no, I know. Well, you know, good ship lollipop sometimes is going to have, you know, a little, little bit of medicine here, you know, and the Spurs, I'm always, I'm a sucker for the Spurs and I'm a sucker for Carlisle. And, you know, Detroit at home, afternoon game, that, that afternoon games, you just get weird vibes out of Sunday afternoon. They've never done yeah. well on that. And they've already proven that to get beat by Detroit. So that is a scary game. I just think even though it's on the road, even though it's Sunday afternoon, I think they take that one. I don't think Dallas even comes close this time. I think that was poised to be a letdown game, and we all knew it. I don't think it will be on Wednesday. I think it's actually the Spurs game, surprisingly. But they already snuck one against the Spurs. I think the Spurs have, have, you know, really stabilized. They're right there where they always are, you know, in that, what, third spot, I think, in the standings now in the Western Conference. I'll just have to take a peek while I'm talking here, but pretty sure they're in third and they've kind of stabilized a a difficult rough start to the year. And so that's just, that's Popovich, man. And I think they've got, they've got a counter punch for Boston. So I think they go two and one, um, two wins bookending a loss on Friday night against the Spurs. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that there's, you know, that's the one I think I look at. I think you're right. I think the Celtics, it can be close sometimes, but I think the Celtics will handle um, Dallas at home. I think they felt like that was a situ- that, that was a game where uh, they really kind of uh, they really kind of were able to push back a little bit. Uh, but but the Celtics took a punch. They'll be ready for them when they come back here. Um, now I haven't heard. Uh, I, I don't believe Ka- Kawhi is going to play, uh, and I think that's important. They uh, Spurs lost in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City barely a 500 team, but I, you know, I don't think that's a indicative of how tough they could be. Yeah, it's in, not in their talent. Like that. It's not, yeah, their record yeah. doesn't match their talent, and we knew it wasn't going to get out to a hot start with that club. Just too many yep. new faces used to, used to having the ball in their hands. It's going to take some time to gel, if it does. But yep. the talent yep. on the floor, they can beat you any given night. Absolutely. And now, you know, Aldridge, you know, kind of sat out the game. So, you know, you really didn't get the full force of where uh, the Spurs are. I think the Celtics are going to win that game. I think that Aldridge on Horford is, is really the matchup that works in the Celtics' favor, uh, even though Aldridge has, has really had a, a spectacular season, kind of coming back from some real doldrums last season. Kyle Anderson being out, you know, basically them losing a, a sometime starter or a key piece of their rotation. I just think the Celtics have got got it going, and um, they've tightened up what they have. Um, this is going to be a good test for the offense. I mean, excuse me for the defense, and I don't think they have anybody who can guard Kyrie Irving. Quite frankly, um, Patty Mills isn't going to do it. Dejounte Murray might be that guy. Uh, he's certainly quick enough, but I, you know, Kyrie is 
He's MVP caliber. Uh, so I see them winning that. I see them going three and zero. After all the hymen and hine, I'm picking them three and zero. Uh, but you're so predictable, especially with predictions. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> they're, they've only lost what four I'm games all year. So I'm feeling all right about it. You know? Well, for for last year, I pretty much predicted one loss a week and I was always nailing it, nailing it. And I was even calling yeah. which loss. And then this year you're like undefeated, undefeated. And you know, for the most part, you're, you're right. Our, our friend Mark Spears would be proud. They're, well, you know, they're, they're, Celtics are, are doing the heavy lifting. I'm just sitting here talking like a fool on the YouTube or whatever the hell it is that we're doing on here. But yeah, we're all over yes. the place. We're YouTube. We're all over and the place. We're, we got the new CLNS media website, which I'm sure you and I will get around to learning how to put a post on a blog, which you would have thought, you know, since we've been around for 15 years, we ought to know how to do that by now. But, um, all right, listen, we got five minutes left to go in the show. I told you we'd leave time for your rant and I know what it's about. Why don't you tell the listeners what the rant's about? Because I've done my rants about you know, yeah. NBA and, Look. and, and quite frankly, because I live in Pennsylvania, I'm just going to throw this in before you rant, but the Philadelphia Boston game, I had to wait three days to watch it. So it's already old news and I've already watched a new game before I could watch the old game. And then, uh, NBA TV carried the Milwaukee Bucks game. So there I am illegally on Reddit looking for another way to stream. So again, getting that value out of NBA league pass every day. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's awful. I, and that's, and that's a, a much tougher situation. I'm talking about a situation where the Celtics, where I haven't even been able to give up my money to the NBA. Um, I'm talking about the NBA Nike deal. Uh, they came up with some really cool looking stuff. Um, some sweatshirts, some, some, you know, on-court gear. I mean, I, I think they've done it really, it looks great. Um, the whole jerseys getting ripped thing is a bit of a bummer, but for most of us and how we walk around day to day, probably that's not going to be an issue for us. But here's the problem. You can't find it anywhere. Okay. Now look, I got two boys, big basketball fans. I'm trying to. It is Christmas time. I mean, what do you get when you're a huge Celtics fan and you have two boys who are Celtics fans? It's pretty much a foregone conclusion. They get Celtics gear every single year. Absolutely. But most of all this year, you got the new good stuff, right? You see your new favorite player, Kyrie Irving, is walking around with a little swoosh on his thing and the jeeth and the whole thing. But I, you can't find it. Oh, you could go and call, I called the pro shop, Boston pro shop that they're in the garden. I said, Oh yeah, yeah. What do you got? Oh, I can get a, a smart, smart jersey for $85, $85. What? He might not even be with the team next yeah. year. Right. Or I said, well, how about Kyrie? Oh, we're all out of Kyrie. You're out of Kyrie Irving, the MVP. What the hell is happening? I want to get a Wait, hold on. How much does that jersey now cost? Right? No, I don't, I couldn't find it. It's probably a billion dollars. It wouldn't matter because I don't. Supply and demand. That's my point. That's probably a $300 jersey right there. So the, the new sweatshirts that they're wearing on the court, cool looking things, you know, my oldest is like, yeah, I want that. Looks nice. Okay. Can you find it anywhere? Nope. Unless they're a youth small, so basically like a six-year-old, you're out, you're done, you're fired. Like, there's nowhere to get this stuff. It's nuts. Look, I understand the supply and demand aspects of it. Look, we've all had, we all did economics in college. It's great. No, no problem. I, I get the whole thing. By the way, I but, did not do economics in college, at least not well. 
But you knew that you get it. You know, you know, here you have a lot of this. The price drops, but you don't have so much. The price goes up, and we, we you know, we, we know this thing. But what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We're trying to sell goods. I want to buy goods. NBA, Nike, help a brother out here. I'm fanatics. I'm all over the fanatics website. Can I find anything? Nope. Celtics store. Nope. NBA store. Nope. Can't find it. Champs. Nope. Ace Bay. Nope. <laughs> Footlocker. It ain't out there. So listen, here's the deal. NBA, Nike, if you're getting to a deal like this, have the stuff to sell at Christmas. It's not like it's not going to move. It's the most storied franchise in history, and they're atop the entire NBA. Tell me you can't move those sweatshirts right now. Give me a break. I want to move it, move it. Make me, make me, make it happen for me, okay? NBA. I don't want to have to do the same thing Justin did, heading over, he's going over to Reddit to try to find this stuff online. I'm going on to DH Gator, I'm going to AliExpress, I'm going to go find some knockoff jerseys that probably spell, misspell Irving, but at least it's under my tree, at least I can just say, oh yeah, he changed his name. They won't know. The point is, you're making us have to do these things, NBA. Together. That's it. That's all I got. Get your act together, NBA. Come on now. Meet the demands of the fan. Plus, football is on a major slide. You're poised to become the most popular sport and the largest. Well, I guess when it comes to merchandise, they are one of the largest. Um, I'm going to have to go back and fact check that. But I'm just saying, with the NFL, when the NFL slipping, there's no concussions in basketball. Oh, wait. Yeah, I guess there is concussions in basketball, but they're a little bit less common. So come on, capitalize, capitalize. This is your time. Like the Goonies down here, this is your time. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. This broadcast will be available. You love the Goonies. On I was demand. Just say, it's like, it's like space balls. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin. Justin Poulin, thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.